Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. I'm John. John, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I am good. How's, how's your President's Day? <laughs> I didn't even notice that it was President's Day. You'd think as a you know state employee I'd have had it off, but nope. You didn't get President's Day off? No. Did your wife get President's Day off as a teacher? Yeah, she was sitting here all day, chilling with the cats, having a good time, <laughs> and I was at my office not doing much of anything. Nice. I got President's Day off myself as a teacher, and I got Friday off for President's Day. You lucky duck. Because we, we, we love the presidents at this school. <gasps> That's great. That's very patriotic of your school or nationalistic, whichever way you you see it. (laughs) So what do we have going on here today? Well, we are doing a night pod on a weekday. We're going to bring the juice. Yep, I've I've got myself a latte here and I'm coming in a little hot because I ran out of regular milk and I decided I was going to let you know that the latte with almond milk is just not as good as the regular one. I know that this is the type of info people tune in for. I'm like, I haven't been tested, but I'm like surely lactose intolerant. So I only know the lattes with almond milk. Well, there's, they're still pretty good. It'll, it'll do the trick. Yeah, now you're just making me wish for like the forbidden fruit of, you know, the the delicious diarrhea inducing lattes. Oh, my gosh. I feel like, you know, on like a, a, you know, long weekend off where I've got some recovery time, I might try one of those. Just see what what the deal is. Uh, I'm I'm getting us back on track. <laughs> OK, I don't like the visuals. OK, before we jump into Spider-Man stuff. I know um, the good people at the Better Business Bureau have to swing on by. So let's say hi to them real fast. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at bbb.org. Welcome back, webheads. Thanks for listening to the Better Business Bureau ad. Zach and I are sorry we didn't have more interesting banter to start. I just now remembered that I saw Ant-Man this past week. Yeah, how was that? Were you able to see it? I have not seen it yet. I've seen Twitter's reactions to it, and that's that's pretty interesting. Well, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and Apparently you're I, in the minority. I'm, I'm kind of a hater on the Phase 4 Marvel movies. For, that's what my sister says, and I thought this one was pretty good. So you I'm, mean Phase 4? <laughs> do we have a rim shot? Uh, <laughs> Can can we play a doo doo? Oh, I bet I could find one. Okay, we'll 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 put that on for next time. Um, I said you mean phase four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Webheads, if that if there's if there's a rim shot in after that one, that means Zach found one before he went and edited it. <laughs> what if we were like just on the cusp of getting a call from Marvel because they like us so much, and then that just ruined all chances? That that's that's probably well. I'm about to get it back. This movie was the best movie maybe I've ever seen, Zach. <laughs> you can't and, see it, and- but I just did a spit take. I'd go so far as to say that I I would say that for free, but I would take a Marvel sponsorship to say that as well. So, (laughs) but I don't need one, but it was pretty good. Kang's really good. I'm excited to see more of him. I have heard that even from the people who didn't like the movie. The one thing I keep hearing that's positive is that Jonathan Majors killed it. Yeah, Um, but you should see it. And I already know you haven't seen the menu, so I'm not even going to ask about it. Yeah, I so, certainly so am going to. to. I'm going to see both of those movies whenever I get a chance to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. I've been lucky to get like an episode or two of Modern Family in like throughout the week. Do you watch The Last of Us? I I don't. I didn't play the game. You know, I'm not a, like a big gamer, but I hear it's yeah. good. I, I've heard it's great. I'm not a big zombie guy. It sounds really depressing to me. Yeah, I was uh, I was real big into The Walking Dead, but, you know, then they started killing everyone's favorite characters and I jumped ship. Mm. OK, anything else on Ant-Man? Let's um, jump into the Marvel property we get paid to talk about. Yes. Spider-Man. We're talking issues 12 through 14 of Marvel Team Up today. Issue 12 is the Marvel Team Up Spider-Man with Doctor Strange. Story by Brian Michael Bendis. Art by Ted McKeever. Colored by Transparency Digital. And lettered by Chris Eliopoulos. You were just talking last episode about um, wanting to read more Doctor Strange. Was I? Yeah, you said that when we teased this. What made me say that? Because we said this that was what we were covering in the next ep- episode. Oh, great. I loved it. I I, <laughs> I actually did not think of grading scales for any of these three, Zach. So while we are going through them, if you want to stay in your mind and think of a grading scale, um, I'll try to do the same, but I, I don't have anything. All right. I guess I'll I'll have to put the team on my back. If you could. Um, so we open one year ago from present day on a group of friends hanging out. Um, they're comparing who's hotter between celebrities, which is a classic sleepover move with your guy friends. I'll I'll just say it. I'm sure girlfriends do it too. Yeah, I should say it's just a classic sleepover move is comparing celebrities. So Steven and and Zach, actually, I meant to don't don't edit this part out. What we clap when we when we make a cut. But that was just a genuine clap. So I'm wondering when I go through reading these comics, sometimes we get to a point where I'm not sure who a person is. And then later on, I find out who they are. So should I? recap the comic 
how I'm reading it, you know, or should I just say what we know? How much of sense did that make? <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Like, um, are we presenting it the way the comic presents it? So if someone's like identity is ambiguous for a few pages, we leave it ambiguous. I'm going to say I've done that before um, in our coverage. I'm going to say that's our discretion as the podcasters. I'll leave it up to you. I don't think this is a big climactic reveal. So I think if your inclination is to just say his name, go for it. Okay, well, well, we. So these group of friends are hanging out and they're uh, one of them is saying that, you know, no matter which two celebrities we're comparing, if Winona Ryder is one of them, she's the winner. And just when he is saying that we get we hear a knock at the door and it's um, Winona Ryder. <laughs> and it's Winona Ryder. She heard their conversation. Um, it's a bigger guy, and he asks for Stephen Strange, and he says he has news concerning Stephen's father. So, back in present day, Peter is on the side of the build a uh, building, just hanging out, talking to himself as Spider Man. He he wants to go out and thwart some evil. But there isn't really anything going on. And a woman sticks her head out the window and asks if he can stop talking to himself or go talk to himself somewhere else because she has to be at work in the morning. So he's just been sitting on the side of the building talking to himself, like lamenting that there's no crime to be thwarted. This was one of the funniest single pages of a comic I think I'd ever read because you realize they are it is a speaking bubble. He's actually saying this out loud and he's like thinking about like the word thwart. He's like, I'd like to thwart a nice evil thwart. That's a weird word thwart. (laughs) And you real like when I was reading it at first, I even thought it was him thinking like I I wasn't. I I saw that it was speech bubbles, but I didn't really think about the fact that there could be someone right in the window below him hearing him. I don't know. I thought it was woman sticks her head out. Yeah, I, th- oh, it was I thought it was done well. And he even asks her, uh, I didn't say anything that gave away my secret identity, did I? And she's <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so Spider-Man obliges and he swings away. And then we move back to an older looking wizard guy. And I did originally think that this was the same person who asked a- for Stephen like to talk to Stephen Strange about his father, but it turns out that those are two different people. But this is just like a, a bigger looking wizard guy and a big gangster guy addresses him as Zandu. So there's two people. There's Zandu, who's like an old wizard, and then a big gangster guy. We and don't necessarily gangster- know he's a wizard. It looks like two guys in a bar. Visually. Okay. okay. Like he's not wearing Maybe a wizard not- hat or anything. Was he not? He must something must maybe I just assumed he was a wizard when they started talking. I mean, you're correct that he is a wizard, but he's just like. Dressed like a dude, I think. Okay, so the the big enforcer type of guy says he found the wand of Watum and it's in New York and. Stephen Strange has it and the old man Zandu is confused because 
I guess he thinks Stephen Strange is gone. And now we get a full page or two, I'm not even sure, kind of telling us the backstory of Stephen Strange. And the kind of uh, thing that's been the bread and butter of this team up series where early in every single story, it like fills you up to speed real fast on who these people are. Right. Well, I was thinking this one specifically did a pretty bad job of filling, filling, like taking us up to speed only because, um, it was just like a, a two page written, you know, essay about Stephen Strange's life, which I guess that's how they do, you know, everyone. That's how they did the Fantastic Four and Tony Stark and everything. But this, they didn't even, like, try to make it, you know, uh, I don't know. It was just like, all right, let's just write his backstory out. Let's not even try. (laughs) I thought it was, I mean, that's what they did with the lizard. And I thought it was less dense than um, Fantastic Fours. I mean, that was that was unreadable. Yeah, but maybe you think okay. this is unreadable. I don't know. No, I. <clears throat> no, no, I didn't. I, I, I didn't think it was unreadable, Zach. <laughs> no, I, I just thought that it was a lot of text. But I mean, you're right. Looking back on it, we do kind of get the same amount of of text and explaining every time a new person comes in. You know, we have to hear their backstory. And in this yeah. one, I you know we i didn't even really even know what was going on until they explained it because so stephen strange the 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 stephen strange we would know as dr strange he was a great surgeon and one night he was at an uppity party with uppity people that's what they say in the comic and he had too much to drink and he drove home and he got into an accident and ended up accidentally killing his wife and unborn child and destroying his hands so he can't do surgery anymore. And then Strange went looking for places to fix his hands and he eventually hears about the Ancient One who can do magic. So he trains with her and becomes master of the mystic arts and then the Ancient One passes away and Strange begins become, becomes Sorcerer Supreme and... In his home, he now guards a bunch of magical objects like the one Xandu is searching for. So like the Wand of Watum. Zach, do you have anything to add about this backstory? Because it was a lot of info presented at once, so I'm trying to like cover it. Yeah, so first of all, we don't actually get a gender for the Ancient One. Because I think you're filling in what you've seen in the movie, which makes sense. But in the original comics or him, yeah, you said her. I think in the original comics, it's a man. And I, I don't think, think it was a man here, in this comic. I thought actually. I didn't. I wasn't but sure I, if they gave it to us. Wrong. Strange enlists the help of two other wizards, Wong and Clea, um, to help him kind of just guard all the artifacts and everything and eventually he and Clea developed a relationship and conceived a child and then one day Strange just disappears while he's meditating nobody knows what happens to him he just disappears Um, 
So Clea searches the entire world for him while she's pregnant. She's unable to find him and she just ends up having her child. And she never tells her son, Stephen Strange Jr., about his father. And then on the kid's 21st birthday, Wong showed up and told Stephen Jr. about his father. And this is what happened in the opening scene. Uh, that was Stephen Strange Jr. we were seeing, and that was Wong telling him about his father and being a sorcerer and everything like that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Stephen Jr. hears all this, and now he's like a wizard in training with all these dangerous artifacts, and he's living at the... Um. Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah, the Sanctum Sanctorum on Bleecker Street. He's living there because Stephen Strange just disappeared one day. So he's the one living there protecting all the magical artifacts. So this is all a story that's being told to Zandu from the big gangster enforcer looking guy. And he's about to leave. And then Zandu double crosses him. And it's actually pretty creepy. He says something like, go into the bathroom and kill yourself or something like that. And um, it's very, it reminded me of the Jessica Jones person. Kilgore. Is that? Oh, Kilgrave something. Kilgrave. Yeah. Yeah. The purple um, man. Yeah. David Tennant. Yep. Um, But the gangster enforcer has like magical protection. So he's like, you think I'd come in here without a uh, protection and, he kind of is also like Xandu, you're not that powerful of a wizard. Like you couldn't do get me you couldn't do get me to do anything, you know. I don't have to be worried about you. And yeah, Xandu's like He's giving yeah. him the information because he had like Xandu paid this guy to tell him where the wand of one tomb is. But the whole time he's giving him this information, he's like insulting him to his face. And he's like, I'm giving you this, but it's up to you to get it, but I don't believe you can because I don't think you're a good wizard. And then Xandu tries to tries to kill him or get him to kill himself. And the guy's like, I don't have to be worried about you. And then Xandu turns around to his like two goons and he's like, no, it's okay. just two guys playing pool because they're in a bar. Because he, oh, so he, would, he was he's like hypnotizing them to do he, this stuff. Yes, he was like trying to enchant the one guy and the guy was like, you can't that. do that. Yeah. And so he oh, turns so and he, enchants some other guys. Yeah, so he just he just enchants two random big guys and he's like, would you mind taking this gentleman outside and beating him to death? And then that's what they do. So right at, or that's what they're doing. And right at this time, Spider-Man happens to be swinging by and he's like kind of psyched that something's going on when he was about to head home. He he's got something some to, crime th to thwart. Yeah. Something to thwart now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Spider-Man pretty easily swings by and dispatches of the two like hypnotized guys while he's just making jokes to himself. And the gangster looking guy tells Spider-Man, your soul is in danger. And just then Xandu comes outside and takes a look at Spider-Man and says, I was going to go down to Soho and kill the Sorcerer Supreme Son, but you can do it for me or something like that. I don't know if that was the exact quote. 
and Spidey is now like under his his uh you know hip hypnotization. So he agrees and then it ended. And I was kind of bummed. I thought we had like 10 good pages left of this. Like it was like something was about to happen that I was like, "Oh my gosh, he you know, and then it ended." So um I was But instead you get a follow-up issue. Yes, so that's why I originally didn't have a, a a rating for this one because I was like, well, it's really going to matter how good the next one is because this really set up that that next one and I am excited to see what happens with Spider-Man under under the hypnotic control of this guy. Well, I thought of a good rating system. Um Okay. Based on Spidey's favorite word in this issue, uh, thwart. How about, yeah, out of five crimes to thwart, what would you give it? Um, well, should we talk about the artwork? Because I know we, you know, both probably have some thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, I've been dying to talk about the artwork. <laughs> I've been dying to say, can we talk about the art? I've been dying Carol. to talk about the art all day. <laughs> I go down to HR and she's not there. No one works um, here. <laughs> um, I hated it, <laughs> which so, I find myself saying a lot of the time when we read these, but I just like good art. And like, this is not, you know, you said off pod that it was a choice. And then we were like, well, let's save it for the pod. And it it is a choice, but it's like, a choice to not be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much like. Uh, okay, I'm not going to say it's like Bill Sienkiewicz art because I feel like that would be an insult to Bill Sienkiewicz. But in the same way that his is like expressive and breaks from house style, like. Or or the same way that the Fantastic Four are the Jim Mafood broke from house style and was like very clearly trying to do its own thing. This has that going on. Does it remind you of anything? It almost feels like, um, who did the scream painting like Van Gogh? Um, the scream painting was not Van Gogh, but, Oh, I can't think of who it is. Let's see. Does it kind of feel like that to you? Like the eyes and everything? Um, I was thinking like there's definitely something about like he doesn't draw the eyes at all. Edward Munch was the screen guy. But and, you know, it does make it makes for some very like off putting unsettling like characters drawn. So I guess in this where most of the panels and the pages are bad guys. You know, because it's pretty much all Zandu, who's, you know, does look like very creepy drawn yeah. this way. And then his goons, you know, it makes them look like worse or or bad. But I don't know. It's, but conversely, it's, it also makes Spider-Man just look atrocious. I mean, he looks like yeah. um, like the skeletons in. uh, What is it? Not in Kanto. What's the Pixar movie about the Mexican kid that like plays guitar? Sing? No, I don't know. You know what I'm talking <laughs> El about? Oh, Loco? Coco? Yeah. Coco I don't know. Comes. I didn't yeah. see that. 
Uh, you know this song, apparently. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, Coco. Yeah, it is Coco. I don't know. It lo- he look his body looks like a cartoon skeleton inside of a suit. Yeah. Yeah, it's all like jagged and misshapen and it's not like uh, his waist is about three inches wide and then his hips protrude out like, you know, hip bones. I think I think I would say, though, uh, between the way the Fantastic Four was drawn and the way this was drawn and the Billison Kevich stuff. Was he the Punisher? Yeah. Okay, his was still my favorite. And then the Fantastic Four was the worst. And this was in the middle. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, so out of five crimes thwarted, I will give this two and a half th- crimes thwarted. So in one of them, you know, they still got away, but he stopped the robbery. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm pretty much right there with you. I'm going to give it three out of five crimes thwarted because I like the page of the lady interrupting him. And mm-hmm. the I thought the Doctor Strange introduction, the actual Doctor Strange, not the, you know, college student strange, the father. I thought that was kind of interesting. But this art takes yeah. me out of it. Yeah, I would have. I was kind of bummed right away that. Oh, like this, we don't even we're not even with Doctor Strange in this mashup. He's just like gone for 20 years. Like when they introduce that into the story, Doctor Strange mysteriously meditated. That's like all I care about finding out for the rest of the story is why did Doctor Strange mysteriously disappear while he was meditating? You know, I don't really care about this side. That seems like the main quest at this point, you know? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I do not like the idea of, oh, it's his son with the same name who. But I think the reason they did it was because they wanted in the ultimate universe it to feel like a beginning and all the characters to feel like they were like just beginning or something. So it's like, oh, we're going to have a, you know, have a young Doctor Strange who doesn't really know what he's doing and is learning and. But then it's yeah. like, why, why tell about the dad at all? Yeah, exactly. That's why that's why it kind of seemed like that whole backstory of normal Stephen Strange was like a waste because also, he wasn't the main character anyways. And the name doesn't work. He's Mr. Strange. He's not. He didn't go to med. Yeah, he's not Dr. Strange anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um. Okay, issue 13. Let's see if this this uh this issue can bring us home on what was a good cliffhanger, I think. Yeah. So this one was written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Ted McKeever, colored by Transparency Digital, and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. We open on Stephen Strange Jr. astral projecting a memory of a conversation he had with his mother when he was young. And he asks her how his father died, and she tells him he died in a car accident. And he says, you know, Mom, at school they have these computer labs. And I searched online, and the results told me that my father was the master of the mystic arts. And he's like, what is that? Is that the kind of, like, medicine that he studied? 
and his mother yelled at him and told him she didn't want to hear any more about the mystic arts and that his father was a doctor who died in a car accident and that was all. So he comes out of why, the astral. Why do you think she, why would Clea like not tell him about the magic? She's magic too. I'm guessing she like resented the elder Stephen Strange and like gave up magic when she couldn't find him. Yeah. I think that's the implication. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And she doesn't seem like a very good mom. <laughs> we see one memory of her and she's making her son cry. I guess that's maybe not fair. Maybe she was good other than that. <laughs> but uh, but what Stephen Strange says next would imply not. Um, so he comes out of the astral plane and we see that he's meditating next to Wong. And Wong tells him that his time in the astral plane may be more peaceful if he clears his mind. And Strange essentially says it's hard to do that. Uh, since his mother stopped talking to him after he confronted her about her lies. So it really feels like this is building up to like his own series or something where we can work through these issues. Cause there's a lot of stuff going on there with his mom and his dad and him needing to learn magic. And as far as I know, it and just, his dad just randomly disappearing. Yeah. And as far as I know, all those plot threads just kind of kind of randomly stop until he just appears in other ultimate books. I don't think he ever got his own. Uh, and just then, Spider-Man bursts through the giant window of Strange's house. And if you've ever seen the movies or a picture of Dr. Strange's house, you know the one. Um, and he lunges at Strange, but he summons a portal and catches Spider-Man in it. And then strange asks Wong, uh, what was that? And Wong explains that he knows Spider-Man is a well known costumed adventurer and his behavior seemed irregular. And he somehow correctly guesses that Spider-Man was acting under the influence of quote, mild mystical mind control. And that he's now probably spent enough time in the astral plane to have freed his mind. And he then warns that the longer he's in there, the more likely it is that he becomes lost forever or loses his mind. So Stephen strange opens another portal into the astral plane and jumps in to save Spidey. And we see Spider-Man is in a pure white space, just like screaming in fear. I, and I, I think I'd be remiss if we didn't mention that, like I know we touched on the artwork, but it's really bad. I think as I'm like flipping through these panels that you're like reading about right now, I just like Wong and Stephen Strange just like don't they look like sumo wrestlers? Everyone looks like a sumo wrestler except for Spider Man, who, like Zach said, looks like a skeleton, and it looks like his suit is like shrink wrapped to him. Like it's not yeah, even a like skeleton. A, like, a, like, like a skeleton. Yeah. It's not even a skeleton in baggy clothes. It's like a skeleton that you painted to look like Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, and, this yeah. was the one scene where it worked for me. Because if you told so when me when he's oh, in this weird area or something. Yeah, you, he goes into the astral plane and it's like, you know, matter is, you know, not what it seems or something. 
you yeah. could convince me of that. But the fact that that's him in real life too, it's a little goofy. Well, and it's not, and it's, yeah, what I was even referring to wasn't even him as much as it's strange and Wong. I just don't like them. Yeah, the eyes are weird. It's like they're always clouded in shadows. Yeah, who is this Ted McKeever? Okay, he's he was doing his thing. I respect him still. <laughs> Good, that's what it's about. <laughs> yeah. So Strange grabs him and Peter wakes up unmasked in a bed. And he has no memory of where he is or what he's doing there. And Wong and Strange are just kind of standing at the foot of the bed, creepily watching him. And they give him some tea. And when he sips it, he realizes that his mask is off. And he freaks out and asks why they took his mask off. And Strange says, we had to make sure you were still breathing. And Peter tells them, you can't do that. It's against the rules. And he rushes to put his mask back on and Strange says, well, if it makes you feel any better, kid, we have absolutely no idea who out of the five billion New Yorkers you are. And uh, Peter catches them up on what he remembers of that night and what Zandu told him to do. And the last thing Peter remembers is Zandu telling him to come in through the window to break the seal. And as soon as he says that, Wong's like, the seal is broken. And he realizes the house is no longer protected from other magic users. And uh, just then he hears like intruders breaking in. And he tells Strange uh, to unspool a deception and says he's going to distract Zandu. And Wong goes down into like the main room or wherever and tells Zandu, Oh, thank you for coming so quickly. And he pretends like he thought Zandu was the police and says a man in a spandex suit broke in an hour ago and killed my master. And Zandu attacks Wong and asks him where the wand of Watum is. And when Wong refuses to tell him, Zandu threatens to torture him with an enchantment. And Wong points to a door and Zandu blows the door open with his magic. And it reveals a room full of multiple wands of Watum. At least I'm assuming that's what it is. It doesn't really look like a wand. It looks like a, like a uh, golden statue. Um, what is the wand of Watum? Just like a magical artifact. I'm not okay. a Doctor Strange reader, but you know, it's like his eye of Agamotto. It's just a special yeah. magical thing he has. Okay. Um Zandu yells, Trickery, which one is it? And Wong answers, If you were truly its owner, you wouldn't need to ask. And then Wong magically replaces the door and seals it shut. And then Strange, in his full costume, appears behind Zandu, and they engage in a magic fight for a few pages. It was a pretty good superhero moment, I thought, because this yeah. is probably Stephen Strange's first superhero appearance. Yeah, as far as we know, this is his first battle or anything. And it honestly looks kind of cool. Like, 
we haven't been friendly yeah, to the art so far, does. but these pages aren't bad. Xandu defeats Strange, though, at the end of the fight and says, don't worry, novice, I'll find it myself. And he reaches for one of the wands and just then Spider-Man comes up behind him and punches him in the head, knocking him out. And Wong re-enters the room and suggests a banishment spell for Xandu. And Spider-Man says, uh, or you could call the police. And Wong's like, yeah, or that. So I don't really know which one they landed on, but uh, Spider-Man says, no offense, but I'm going to go home and pretend none of this happened because I'm freaked out. And as he swings away into the night, Strange says, thanks for the help, kid. And Peter responds, don't mention it ever took off my mask. (laughs) Pretty. It was pretty good. Spider-Man had some good lines in this one. I feel like that was the fastest issue we've ever been able to recap, but I don't know what else there was in it. You know, it it just it moved pretty fast and didn't have too much to it. Yeah, I don't I don't think either of these first two have had really like that much to to dig into. Um, I think the bulk of it was the father's story, which ended up not mattering a bit. Yeah. Um, But this one was good. Spidey had some good moments. The took off my mask under his, not even, I mean, I don't know. I, you read it as like under his breath, kind of as he's swinging away. That I did too. Like he's grumbling. Um, And then he had the, the, the line about calling the police and he had one about maybe it's, because it's late, but I'm so creeped out by you magic guys. I can't even think of funny, something funny to say. And that's when he comes in and punches Zandu. Yeah. Um, what'd you think? Did you have a rating system for this one? I do. Uh, I was going to say out of a thousand fake wands of Watoon. Nice. That's a good one. Right. When I asked you if you had one, I was like, Oh, we could do it out of one of Watoon's. Um, out of a, thousand we've never had a scale that high you can get but, really but, specific but based on fractions we can figure out you know what it would be i'm gonna make mine a crazy high prime number <laughs> um i'm gonna make mine 600 and 14 out of a thousand one fake wand of tombs. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it still wasn't my favorite, but I liked it more than I disliked it. And it was a quick read. I'm going to make mine 561.3 wands <laughs> of Watoom. Did you a look thousand. up a prime number? And is that it? No, I just it was made five. one up. I was like, <laughs> if I ended in one, that'll be hard. Because I know um, anything that ends in like three, six, or nine, or anything even, or anything that's a five, stay away from those, right? I heard of this math problem the other day that uh, has apparently like stumped. Uh, I know, I know, dude. That's why I didn't even. <laughs> It's like the stupidest thing ever, but it's it's like if you take any number 
And if it's an odd number, you multiply it by three and add one. And if it's an even number, you divide it by two and maybe do something else. And it's just, I don't even know what the problem is because they're like, eventually all of the numbers come back down to a loop of like one, two, four, one, two, four, like every single number. And they're, so they've been trying to find a number for like a million, like years and years and years. And they've searched like every number and they're like, we can't find one. And apparently it's a, it's a math problem because they think they should be able to find one anyway. John was telling his students about this the other day. And he wrote it on the board. And the next day he came in and the janitor had solved it on the board. (laughs) That would be, that would be awesome. No. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll get back into it. I know nobody cared about that, but something made me, we were talking about prime numbers and it made me think of that. I'm a math teacher, Zach. Yeah, math is a four-letter uh, word in my house. <laughs> I did not um, okay. like it. Issue 14. Are we ready for it? Let's get it. Okay, and I'm going to I'm gonna go through this like I I you know, you'll see what I mean here in just a second. So issue 14, I'm not sure who it's a team up with because I couldn't really tell from the cover. Um just a just a pretty lady in some spandex. Uh, with Spider-Man. So it's written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Terry Moore, inked by Walden Wong, colored by Transparency Digital, lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. We are in the Latvian embassy in New York from six months ago. The ambassador is... (laughs) What did I say? Latvian. Oh my gosh. I have that written in my notes. 15 times probably that it's <laughs> Latvia and Latvian. Is that it's a cool. real country? It's a real Marvel country. It's Dr. Doom's country that he Latveria. rules. Is it yes. Latvia or Latveria? Latveria. There's an R. How do I know Latvia? What's that? It's what you said during the Tony Stark issue. That's funny. Wow. <laughs> There's a callback. I yeah. know what it's called. I'm just making a callback to an earlier episode. <laughs> um, the ambassador is giving an interview and he says that the Latverians love the American way of life. And he kind of mentions whatever, you know, th- that's just a rumor. And we don't really know what the interviewer was asking about, but whatever it was that the ambassador says, it's just a rumor. And the interview ends and the ambassador immediately begins like berating the staff, you know, talking about his microphone. He's like, can we get this thing off me? Where's the tea I asked for an hour ago? And, you know, as the scene ends, we see an intern hand him uh, a cup of tea. Hold on. Hold up. I think we're, you're about to get a pretty lady, a pretty lady intern. (laughs) No, no, no. You're a page ahead and you buried the lead. So, Page four. You see what's in his hand? Um, is it, it? Are you about to tell me it's a Tony Stark action figure? Yeah. Okay. Because. Did you have that in your notes? 
I that wasn't that wasn't here yet. You're jumping ahead. Because uh, let me see. Unless, you're right. You're you right. You're see. right. <laughs> yeah, she gets the tea from the intern, and then we cut to the next scene. And now we're from six months ago. We're now three months ago. And um the and and I even wrote in my notes in like all caps with an exclamation point. I said, This is the ambassador Tony Stark met like 10 issues ago, because as Zach already said, the ambassador is walking with a Tony Stark action figure in his hands. So so this three months ago must have been when the issue with Tony Stark happened. Um and he says like Tony Stark's the most arrogant person ever or something like that, I think. Yeah, they ask him how uh-huh. it went, and he goes, how do you think it went? And he hands them the toy that Tony <laughs> gave him and said, uh, don't leave here empty-handed. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so he walks into his office, and the same intern who gave him tea is setting up some soup in his office. And that's awfully nice of her. She probably knew he he was having a hard day, you know, wanted to get him some soup. So then we go to one week ago. The intern is called into the ambassador's office. He begins questioning her. He can obviously tell something's going on. And he kind of smacks her and rips her wig off and is saying, do you think I'm stupid? And then the woman begins to fight back saying real men don't hit girls. And she fights with the the ambassador and his men. And she gets a couple of good hits in. And then she's darting for the window to jump away and escape. And as she's jumping to it, she's shot by kind of a taser gun. And she's unconscious. And the Latverians say, let's take care of this quickly and quietly. And then the, the scene ends. And I still am not quite sure who this character is yet. I have a couple ideas, obviously. I I'm I was thinking maybe this is Electra. That's who it kind of looked like to me. Electra. Um that's who I thought it was going to end up being. So I guess it, it, we can I, now know it's not Electra. For the listeners, there is one hint. Uh actually there's a few hints. So the he pulls the wig off of her and she has red hair. And then the name that she gave um was Nancy Roman. So maybe that's similar yeah. to a different name. Yeah. Yeah. We can just let people know now. It's Black Widow. <laughs> yeah. Natasha Romanov. Um who I guess I'll tell you when we find out who it is. <laughs> when I found out who it was initially. But I thought Electra has red hair, right? So I was thinking oh maybe it was her. It's like black. Okay. <laughs> um, so we cut to Ben Urich at the Daily Bugle. And he says he got a call from the wo- a woman at the Latvian embassy saying one of the interns was beaten and hasn't been heard from. And Peter is just kind of eavesdropping. Um, and he's eating one of those little frozen yogurt ice or what, what, what would it be called? Frozen ice. Yeah. Uh, flavored Hubert. ice with the, with the teeny little spoon, you know, with the teeny yeah. wooden spoon. So he's like eating one of those from behind the wall, just kind of eavesdropping. And Yurik wants to investigate 
this stuff at the embassy, but J. Jonah Jameson says he, he needs to make some calls and he wants to handle like the politics side of things. Um, because obviously, you know, there's a bunch of stuff going on with the Latverians. And then right at this point, Peter's like, well, I, I'm going to go out and get lunch. And he's obviously lying. He's going to go check it out. So and then we see Spidey swinging through the city. So then we go to a blank panel. And this is to signify our intern who's waking up from being unconscious. And we learn that it's. Black Widow, Natasha Romanov, that we've been dealing with. At least that's when I learned. And how did we even find that out? Oh, it's because she was keeping all of her spy information in a copy of The Great Gatsby. And I guess maybe that's how they they found out that that's who that was. Doesn't seem like maybe she's a great spy then. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she's been there for six months, so that's pretty good. I mean, real spies are like embedded places for years without being discovered. That's true. And, and she's, she's like supposed to be the best. One of the best. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this, this scene is pretty similar to the first Avengers scene where she's like being questioned by some guys. Um, I thought you would say that. Did you? Well, I saw that and I was like, that. I was like, this is not going to be lost on John. well when i see something like that and i'm like man i wonder if they like does does something like that happen with black widow a lot where they could have read any number of black widow comics and like pulled inspiration for that scene or do you think they read this one i honestly don't know because i can't see this being a like you know thought of as like a popular one for them to have read and like taken inspiration from yeah it's not like this is you know the required reading on black black widow yeah yeah so that's what it it is me wonder because it is is just like that scene because she's hanging upside down tied up at her feet um with her hands bound and i guess she's in a chair in that other scene but then there's like these three old creepy dudes like questioning her yeah, and it and and it even seems like she's not that worried about it. She's like right where she wants to be, kind of. Yeah, she's like confident that she could get out whenever she wants. Yeah. Um. So they ask her how long she's been recording their operations, and she asks what day it is, and they say it's Wednesday, and she says good because I have a pottery class on Thursday. So that's what we're talking about when we're like she seems like she's not too concerned about the situation. So they ask again who she works for, and she says uh, and say that they found her file. And from reading her file, we kind of get a a picture of her file. We find out she's a graduate of the Red Room. She's basically a super spy assassin. And similar to Spider-Man, she can walk on the walls and ceiling. But it's because she has some sort of suction tech on her feet. I don't know if you caught that, Zach, reading through all of that. No, what I caught was that it gives her height and weight and says she's 5'7 and 125. And in the page page before, where she's hanging from the ceiling, it looks like she's got at least four feet of legs. (laughs) It does. Her legs, yeah, they're looking pretty long. It's all muscle. 
stretched out for length. <laughs> um, so our our old men are still discussing who Black Widow may work for, and the main ambassador believes that she's a red dwarf, which is a term for a spy who just kind of collects information and then sells it to the highest bidder. So they don't necessarily work for anyone. Um, a lot of times they'll even just sell it back to the place that they stole it from. So the ambassador is making a big speech and he's getting up in her face and he's like, I'm going to ask one more time. And he's trying to put on his like best tough guy voice. And he's like, I'm going to ask one more time. Who do you work for? And what were you looking for? And Black Widow responds, what was the question? And then he just begins to to kind of like beat her while she's just hanging there. And it's pretty weird. She just begins laughing hysterically like something you'd expect from like a Batman and the Joker comic. She's just like getting beat up and she's just like laughing hysterically at it. Zach, yeah. did you have any thoughts on that? I was going to say the lettering is kind of distressing because it's not like regular lettering. It's like big red letters that are like exploding out of the text box. And I had the exact same thought. I was like, oh, this is like what people do with the Joker to show that he's insane. Yeah. Um, And, you know, not to. I'm sorry, one second, not to come back to Black Widow's legs for days. Um, but I just, I just did scroll past the panel and they are really, really long. They're like three fourths of her body is her mm. legs. My guess is they had the certain dimensions that the panel needed to be. And they drew the bottom portion first with everyone's faces and bodies. And they were <laughs> like, oh shoot. Now we have to make her legs crazy <laughs> long to fit this panel. Yeah, it is. And, and in her file, she has a standard looking length of her waist to her legs, but in the panel itself, the tops of her legs are like almost coming up to her chest. And it looks particularly bad when you flip it around because she's upside down. When you go to like you hold it in a way where you're looking at her straight up, you're like, oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um. And yeah, that was very, I, I thought the same thing when you were talking about how it was drawn for the Joker. That is exactly how the lettering looks. And she's like spitting oh. out blood while she's laughing. Yeah. So the ambassador is now extremely annoyed and he begins to curse at her and begins screaming about how, you know, she thinks she can deal with him this way you know she's gonna have to deal with victor von doom and then uh you know she'll be sorry and black widow cuts him off and is able to get the upper hand because he got too close to her and she grabs his tie and kind of like chokes him with his tie real fast and then another one of the goons was no she snaps with her. his neck Oh, does it, she? It has a snap I she sound just, effect. Like, incapacitated him real fast. Oh nope. gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. She totally breaks his neck. Yeah, he's she, like, murdered. Pushes his head there. Yeah, because she's pulling and, with the, with yeah. the tie oh, yeah. and then pushing but with her she, palm. She's dead. Poor guy. Uh, and he just got that action figure. <laughs> he was two days away from retirement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. 
I'm pretty sure there's some like funny, like college humor or something type of video. And it does cover like those guys that work at like Avengers tower or something. And they're like two days away from retirement and all this, like, you know, <laughs> they're all this, sh- excuse me, stuff <laughs> just keeps happening. Um, but another one of the goons had black widow's belt. So she kind of grabs that from him and she's able to incapacitate, incapacitate another one with that. And then she's kind of giving another uh, another one of the guys is using a gun and she's like what you need a gun to fight a tied up woman and at this point we switch to spider-man and he's kind of here watching the building also because he was on his way to this embassy anyways because of what he heard at the bugle and he like, hears he's like a on gun the outside shot. yes and he thinks everyone's like gone home for the day he's like yeah, it looks like everyone's gone home for the night. I'll just like sneak around in here. And then he hears a gunshot and he sees Black Widow running out and she asks for help, which I thought was a little strange. Was she putting on like a damsel in distress type of role or do you think she like needed saving or something? I for sure think she's using him. Yeah, she's like, can you help me, please? I was like, this doesn't seem like. Um, So... Spider-Man, you know, plays hero and webs up the two guys chasing her. And then we get a really heroic, you know, shot of him with Black Widow, uh, where I think they specifically are supposed to make him look a little more like older and muscular and handsome than, you know, we normally see Spider-Man drawn because in the very next panel, Black Widow um starts coming on to spider-man he's like what was that and she's like well it's just a close call and then she's like gosh you're you're so strong and muscular and she's kind of coming on to him and spider-man not kind of she's like got her hands on his chest and is like leaning in yeah yeah she's definitely coming on to him um and spider-man calls her slutty He says you in remind- those exact words. I'm going to read it. He says, you, uh, you remind me of someone actually. And she says, yes. And he goes, you're a little older. And, uh, and she goes a little more mature. And he says, I was thinking slutty. So who does she remind Mary Jane or Gwen? Who's he talking uh, about? Definitely Mary Jane, the other redhead in his life. Because the red hair, because of the red hair who he's dating. Well, but I feel like Gwen is like the cool, you know, like sexy person, right? At school. And so so maybe that's who he would be, you know, the cool girl or something. But I don't know. You're right. I mean, the red hair, obviously. But it's like what makes me mad is you talk about like, you know, how he's like. Maybe a little bit too flirty with Gwen in the main series. He's like 100% going along with this. That This, I think, is, is more... He, he I calls think, her slutty. <laughs> okay, but... Is he going along? Look at the next panel. She says, do you know what a widow's kiss is? And he says, does, does, does it involve tongue? <laughs> like, he's not moving. I don't know. It bugged me. I was like, Peter, be a good man. 
Oh my gosh, I was like, Peter, right on. Scarlett <laughs> Johansson. <laughs> or someone else playing or, the character. Yeah. Um, so where were we? We we were at the Black Widow's kiss. So so she's coming on to him, and obviously it it I was thinking she's must just be doing this to try to distract him. And it turns out she was because she gives him a widow's kiss and Spider-Man passes out on the ceiling. Well, and what is a widow's kiss? I just figured it was like a poison. So he would like pass out when they kissed or something. I'm guessing it like, remember the thing with Craven where like you just barely see his hand on the back of Betty Brant's neck. And then it's like, Oh, she passed out. Look, her hand is like on the back of his neck. I'm thinking she did like a pressure point because she does not actually kiss him, but he passes out. Well, I noticed that it didn't actually show them kissing. And I was like, and even if they did kiss, he has a mask on. So that would make more sense if she did something to his neck. Yeah, it's not entirely clear, but we know that a widow's kiss is something that incapacitates No, he doesn't, you. because he's still, like, awake talking to her after... I think she must just, like, kiss him, and it makes him pass out or something. Or she, I think like, that's what the implication is. She, like, got him with a syringe or something. Yeah, that could be. Her hand was on his neck, so there's maybe, some, maybe that. There's something we're not seeing. Somehow she she knocks him out. Yeah. And 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 Spidey Spidey sense even goes on when she asks about when she's leaning in for the for the kiss, but he doesn't move away. You're right, Zach. He had his chance. Um. So Black Widow, not being the good person with Spider-Man passed out, steals his wrist tech off of him and then begins hiding from the helicopters that are on their way to the Latvian embassy. And. As she's hiding in the shadows, Nick Fury also appears in the shadows. And this is not David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury. And it's not Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury. This is like Nick Fury. Who's kind of in the middle of the two. It's like the the Walmart brand, Nick Fury that we saw (laughs) in whatever that other issue was. Yeah. And, he chides Natasha for messing around at the Latvian embassy, almost starting a, a world war three. And then Fury's men ask what they should do with Spider-Man. And I think the implication is he's just going to leave him there, but he says, see you soon kid. And we kind of get a tease for the ultimates, which is maybe like a Nick Fury team up team. And, um, and I said, uh, also, Nick Fury is now black in this issue, but he's not Samuel L. Jackson yet. I but think he was I black. I thought he was white David Hasselhoff in the last one we saw. But maybe maybe I'm misremembering that. Oh, yeah, there was one like that. Well, I thought. I think we've definitely seen at least one version of him black, right? Because it also was not Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, prob- I guess if, if we already saw him in a Marvel team up, then it was probably this one. I think the main takeaway yeah. is this is still Bendis's idea of how the non Spider-Man ultimate universe is going to play out. And that's not what ends up happening. You know, there is, there should yeah. be no Latvian embassy. Nick Fury should look like Samuel L. Jackson. Like this is 
in line with what we've seen from Bendis so far, but not in line with what is about to be yeah. shown in Ultimates. And since you mentioned that tease, uh, the Ultimates is actually the Avengers. But in the in this oh. universe, they're called the Ultimates. And oh, and Nick Fury still like the leader of them. Yeah, that's where he actually will look like Samuel L. Jackson. And it's honestly a pretty good series. I like Ultimates and I like Ultimates, too. And I was considering making us read them for the pod, but that they have nothing to do with Spider-Man. But the first one is like the actual inspiration for the Avengers movie. So whether we read it or not, I'd recommend. I think you would like it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I might have to check that out. Do you have a rating system for this one? I'm going to say. Out of 10 callbacks to Iron Man action figures. Because <laughs> wasn't that out of use Iron that Man as a, action figures? I well, think no, we, we might have done out of Iron Man action figures, so we yeah. could just do the same. <laughs> we could just do out of Iron Man action figures. The first ever repeat metric. Yeah. Um, I will say I will give this one um I will give this one 75 out of 100 Iron Man action figures. Were we doing it out of 100? Well, I didn't want to cut one in half. So I ha- I didn't <laughs> want to do seven and a half. So I had to up it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a seven out of 10 Iron Man action figures. What'd you like yeah. about it? What worked for you? Um, I I was about to say, you know, we didn't mention the art, which just means it was drawn well, <laughs> you know, like it means it wasn't drawn horribly, but I mean, it was actually drawn well. It was it's like Marvel House and, style. Yeah, it was an interesting one. You know, I like Black Widow and she was doing her thing. That was kind of fun at the start seeing the the intern pop up, you know, six months ago and then three months ago and then like one week ago. Like you could kind of tell, like I was hoping that there was going to be something to her, like giving him tea or soup or something. Like maybe she was slipping him something, but, um, but I don't know. I thought it was good. I like black widow. We got some good spider manning in here. It yeah. It's a good one. I think that's a good point. It would have been cool if there had been a payoff to like the soup scene. I think it was just her. And the tea. Trust. And yeah. the tea. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. I think I think you're you're right. And that's kind of funny that whenever we don't talk about the art, it probably is uh, a sign of approval about the art. Um, I think from now on, we're not going to be talking about that much art because we are almost done with the team up series. And then in the ultimate Spider-Man series, it's just like Mark Bagley for years and years and years. So these are like some of our, you know, few forays into like different art styles. And that's almost up unless we read ultimates. So what, what is your, uh, action figures? I said seven out How of many 10 action. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we were pretty, we were pretty close on all three of these. Yeah. 
I liked her personification in this. I don't know that yeah. it's Black Widow. This, yeah, I don't know that it's the same as what it will continue to be in this universe. Um, but it was cool for here. Yeah, I I kind of judge it based on can I see like the characters in the movie being the same character that we see in this comic, which is probably not how they should be judged, especially since the comics obviously came first. But that's how I know it seems like a good characterization because I'm like, oh, gosh, I could see like Scarlett Johansson doing all of these things as Black Widow. Like this is just like perfect Black Widow, you know, so I thought it was good. So I'm curious, based off of that, in your mind, when you read the Spider-Man we're following, which actor is playing him? (laughs) um usually it's tom holland in my head i guess without without like thinking about it it's tom holland yeah okay yeah that's funny i don't wire is a grown man (laughs) i don't normally put actors to the page unless it's very clearly meant to be that actor like i'm thinking maybe the one time that i do it is uh like in Ultimates or later in the Ultimate, you know, books when but, they have Nick Fury because it, he literally is like a caricature of um, Samuel L. Jackson. You can't see it as anyone else. Yeah, I I, I think when we read Spider-Man, actually, I don't put a Spider-Man on him because we've read enough that Spider-Man's like his own person every time he gets written. But this one's a different person. These issues where like Tony Stark comes in for like two issues, you know, like I obviously think about him as Robert Downey Jr. or like Black Widow or when we see like Daredevil or Punisher or something, you know, I like compare it to the the thing I've seen them in. Gotcha. But at this okay. point, we've seen Spider-Man in a million different things. Yeah. Um. So I've got a I've got a question for you just about the ultimate Marvel team up and then maybe we can we can touch on like final thoughts on the series um, next week after we finish it but uh, are there any characters that you feel like they missed out on that you would have liked to have seen Spider-Man team up with ooh let me think are there any for you while I think I mean it's hard for me because I know which ones he's going to get around to in the regular series but there's there's at least one or two that it feels weird to me that they didn't do. Well, let's see. He never teamed up with Captain America. That's one that I was thinking. Captain America is my favorite, but I don't know if Captain America in the, I've never seen Captain America outside of the Marvel movies. So I don't know if he would still be my favorite and, you know, not portrayed by Chris Evans, Steve Rogers. Um, but he didn't team up with Thor either, did he? Those were the two that I was like surprised because they they hit on some, you know, B listers without hitting on those two A listers. Yeah. It would be nice to see more Daredevil, but I don't think we're we're gonna get him for a while, are we? He'll show up in our regular series. Okay, nice. They're a good combo. Yeah, I I like when they work together. So uh, that's that was a good little segue for next week will be our final 
week with the Ultimate Marvel Team-Up series. We're going to read the last two issues, 15 and 16. Ooh, wow. And we'll have to do a final grading. We will do a final grading. We'll do a maybe like a postmortem on on this series. Um, Part of me wishes it just kept going on, but I think it kind of it does. It did what it was intended to do. Yeah, I think it would have gotten, you know, too confusing if there was just two series running together forever. Yeah. Ooh, I'm also thinking Ghost Rider. That would have been fun. I don't know. I've never seen Ghost Rider in anything. Do you know who Ghost I Rider seen is? The Nick Cage movie. I know Ghost Rider like judges you or something, and he like kills you if you're a bad person. The right? Spirit of vengeance. Yeah, it's very silly. Yeah. It's like <laughs> if you took the Punisher's whole deal and then made it even more cartoony. But it was Nick Cage, right? So yeah, that had to be good. I don't know. Never saw it. Um, well, I have something interesting for this week, Zach, not to not to move us along. If you still had more um, Marvel stuff. Nope. I was just about to ask you. I think that concludes okay. what we got for the for the issues. What do you got? OK, well, this nobody will care about. But I know we've talked about cats a couple times the past couple weeks, and I heard something interesting about cats from my sister. And it's also kind of mean, but apparently cats are like the only animal. Oh, this is what it reminded me of because we just talked about man thing. Okay. And, and and man thing. He like, it's not like he wants to like be a scary monster. He just like is drawn to the fear of others. Right. So he like lives off of other people's fears and it made me think of this because my sister told me cats are like the only animal that when they have prey they won't just hunt their prey they will terrorize their prey until it is like too scared to continue running away and then they will kill it (laughs) is that like why they play with their food yes Yes, like they'll take a mouse and let him think he's getting away and then grab him again and throw him up or something. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And they just like run around. And I have experienced this because years and years ago, a mole got into my house and the cats just chased it around the house, not catching it, just running it around the house and like batting it every so often. And then eventually, you know, it just died. It got batted too many times. But the poor thing must have just been like terrified. And how that's did you a cat not, thing. That's how did you thing. not intervene and get a mole out Dude, of your house? I could not catch this thing. I tried to catch it. How how was I gonna ca- I tried to catch this thing? It's so quick. <laughs> you made it sound you didn't say that though. You made it sound like you were just sitting there on the couch watching this happen. <laughs> Yes, with like my feet up, like screaming in terror every time the mole would run away, run around. Yes, I was like trying to catch it for a little bit. And then I was finally like, I can't, I can't, I'm going to bed. And went, and in the morning, the cats had gotten it. <laughs> I could not go to bed. You would not catch me asleep if there's a mole okay, in my house. If you, if you, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying you did it wrong. I'm no. not. No, no, Zach, you're, I'm not you're throwing right. stones from my glass house, but 
No. The thing is, you are right. But here's the situation. This mole, moles are blind. So they they won't run across the middle of the house. They just scurry along the walls. And they're moles. They try to mole into stuff, you know. So this mole was scurrying along the walls. And I'm trying to catch it. And I think I have it cornered. And I'm like about to get it. And it burrows between the step and my carpet underneath the floor and at that point i was like i'm going to bed i can't i what am i it it disappeared right in front of my eyes into my house and i was like i am going to bed i can't get this anymore and i can't like and anyway cut it if you don't think our listeners will love hearing about this are you kidding me that made the episode i uh i'm just imagining you like bill murray in caddyshack just trying to kill this thing that that is that is what it felt like (laughs) i uh but now i I just feel bad because the cats tormented it and they did it on purpose apparently (laughs) i gotta knock on wood because as i'm saying this i'm realizing like i have been pretty fortunate to not have any critters unwanted critters in my house for a while But when I was a kid, one time I woke up and there was a bat on my curtain of my bedroom right above my head. And I had no idea how it got in there. That's that's how Batman was started, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And then it shot his parents. That... (laughs) Um, That would be really scary. And now I'm going to say one time... Uh, probably like 10 years ago, I was at someone's house and we could hear this bird that sounded like it was flying around in like the cabinets somewhere. And we opened up all of those cabinets multiple times and we were like, where is this coming from? We could still hear it like flapping around as if it was trapped in something. And then at some point throughout the night, because eventually we were like, well, it must just be like, inside the house more and we can't get to it you know to help it and at some point during the night somebody opened the microwave to microwave something and no. bat came fl- or not bat a bird just came flying out of the microwave and we just opened up the door and it just flew out but it was and the microwave was right on the same wall that we were opening up all of those different cabinets looking for it on but we just never how in the world do you know the timing that How would have had to have happened for getting a to... microwave? I don't know. It it must have like been opened up to take something out and then it flew in at the exact moment before it was shut. It was I don't know. I would have loved to have seen it on like a video. This feels like um John Mullaney's horse in a hospital bit. Yeah. <laughs> a bird in a microwave. <laughs> I saw a bird in a Home Depot once. Get out of here. That's not even comparable. <laughs> okay, well, now I'm going to go to bed terrified of wild animals in my house. Yeah, I yeah, we'll, you'll, we'll have some good dreams. Yeah. All right. All right, so next week we got Ultimate Marvel team up. We're finishing it off. Excuse 15 and 16. Do you want to tease who we're, who we're looking at? 
Well, based on the cover, that looks like Shang-Chi. Ooh, I really don't care about Shang-Chi at all. Did you so, see his movie? Um, I did, and it was fine, but I didn't care about it. Yeah. But but, but I'm a hater. Phase Boar, right? Right, Phase Boar. We'll see if the comics do it better so that you can be a hipster and say, I like the Shang-Chi comics better. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And I liked it fine, but I just need something to happen in those movies. You know, like the Quantum, like Kang. I need something big going on. Wasn't there a kaiju battle at the end? <laughs> there, there was what a more big do you dragon want battle. That? There was a big, no, the kaiju battle was in Moon Knight. There was like the big kaiju battle in the TV show Moon Knight. With like I'm an sorry. alligator and a bird skeleton. Does a dragon not count as a kaiju? I guess that's true, too. <laughs> now I'm going to be really disappointed if I watch Ant-Man and Quantumania and it's uh, it doesn't have a kaiju battle. Um, I, I don't think you'll be disappointed. <laughs> oh, OK. I'm not saying it has a kaiju battle, but but I it has enough big things battling that it's good. OK, I'll look Spoiler. forward to that. Yeah all right i think that's all we got for this week i think that's it thank you to Alyssa seaman who designed our logo and ian hickey who arranged our music and thank you to the better business bureau for sponsoring the podcast 